I have a very simple point that I want to make tonight. I'm going to see if I can make it. I don't think I can say it in one sentence, but I think I can make it fairly simply. Um, and, you know, I, I hope that it's not just a I'm continuously promoting the virtues of knowing Isaiah well. You know, when, I, <laughs> when I introduced the book, I said, you know, even if you just want to be more like Jesus, that means knowing Isaiah. Right? Even if you just want to imitate the faith of Paul, it means knowing Isaiah, because these guys were steeped in it. And um, so I wanted to talk about the, the way the New Testament uses Isaiah. <laughs> you can't really talk about that. You, you, can't, you, couldn't, you couldn't contain that within several volumes. Um, so I just want to make one broad point. And this is the point, and then I'll say some things about it and kind of read some scripture uh, to try and flesh it out. But um, here's the point. Sometimes we can approach the Old Testament, a book like Isaiah, um, especially a book like Isaiah, and think, well, at least I know about the gospel, so this stuff makes a lot more sense now. All right? At least I know about Jesus, so as I'm reading through Isaiah, oh yeah, there's the gospel, there's the gospel. But I hope that we become the kind of people who the opposite is true. That the more we know Isaiah, the more we understand who Jesus is. The more we understand the Old Testament, what God's doing through the law and the prophets... Which is one thing, you know, if you're going to study the way the New Testament uses the Old Testament, there's, they call it the Law and the Prophets. Right? They talk about that. This is the Law and the Prophets. Jesus talked about how everything is summed up in the Law and the Prophets in the Greatest Commandment. Right? The Law and the Prophets. Isaiah is really the, the prince of the prophets. Right? When, you, when you hear prophets, sometimes he's just called the prophet in the New Testament. As the prophet says. Um. That, that we'll understand who Jesus is. We'll understand the gospel better, right? So we don't understand Isaiah the more we understand the gospel. We understand the gospel the more we understand Isaiah. All right, and I hope that becomes true of us. That's, that's the main point. And what brought me to this point is looking at the way the New Testament draws from Isaiah, some of the writers, all of the gospels frame the coming of Jesus, particularly the, the ministry of John the Baptist as the forerunner of Jesus, they all frame it with Isaiah. They all set it up. All right, if you're going to start the story, you've got to start it like this. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. It's Isaiah 40. How do we tell the story of Jesus coming into the earth? We've got to start in Isaiah. Right? Beginning of Mark. I think it's verse 2. As Isaiah says, <laughs> says the story of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus. As Isaiah says. But it's more than that. It's more than just the, the amount of quotes. I mean, there's someone calculated. It's like 110 times it's quoted to or alluded to, depending on how you count it. But it's more than that. The New Testament church leaned heavily on Isaiah to make sense of who Jesus was. Do you understand what I mean? Jesus came and he did. And they weren't 100% sure who he was or what all it meant, right? I mean, think about, think about if, if Jesus came 
And you're there in the first century. <laughs> Who is this guy? Right? It doesn't seem like a Davidic king, but, but some of the stuff he does kind of resonates with Scripture, but in a weird way, in an unexpected way. So they leaned heavily on Isaiah to understand who Jesus was, what his ministry meant. They also leaned on it to understand who they were, what their part in the purposes of God was. What's this mission that God has in mind? Well, it's all in Isaiah, right? And think about some of the big things we've, we've covered in Isaiah. First of all, um, God's, well, the, the Messiah, right? This coming one who's going to bring justice and righteousness. He's going to bring the purposes of God to, to, into the earth in the way that God's people were meant to, right? Isaiah is speaking to a people who were supposed to bring redemption and offer blessing to the nations, but had gone way off course in that mission. So Isaiah comes to bring them back to the mission. And in saying, guys, come back to the mission, he's also saying, and there's going to be this one who comes and he's going to fulfill the mission. He's going to do it. Isaiah also spells out that it's not just going to be as a conquering king. First, it's going to be as a suffering servant then as a conquering king, and only then. So Isaiah points us to the cross, right? John quotes Isaiah when Jesus says um, that he needs to go into the ground and die. My hour has come, he says. And John quotes Isaiah. This is what Isaiah was talking about when he saw his glory and spoke of him. So it's one of the most quoted books in the New Testament, out of all the Old Testament. All the Gospels draw from it heavily. Both Peter and Paul draw from it heavily in their letters. The book of Acts is rife with references to Isaiah. So perhaps more than anything, I'd like us to take away from our time in Isaiah a deeper understanding of the Gospel. The New Testament is full of of articulations of the Gospel that draw from Isaiah. What is this? Who is this Jesus? What is the purpose of of the church now? What is the mission of the church? It's all here in Isaiah. I read one commentator. They call it the Romans of the Old Testament. You know, Romans has sort of a real full articulation of really God's purposes from start to finish. Isaiah is the same way. In other words... We need to be like Philip in Acts 8. This is one of the best, one of my favorite uses of Isaiah in the the New Testament. Where it says, uh, the angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go to the south, uh, south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Says there was an Ethiopian eunuch. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. And as he was returning, he was seated in his chariot and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage was what we just read, passage out of Isaiah 53. The eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, 
he told him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here's some water. Let me be baptized. What is baptism? Baptism is salvation. Baptism is deliverance from Egypt. Baptism is going through the Red Sea, being delivered by God. And the eunuch says, Deliverance has come to me too. Let me get in the water. Let me go through the water. Let me be brought up and delivered. I want to be saved. If, if, if salvation has been made possible, as this scripture says, that he made it possible, that he took on, he bore our sins, that he, he saved us, um, why can't I be saved? And this is also significant because this is one of the first times that a Gentile hears the gospel and responds and is welcomed into the kingdom, which is another huge theme of Isaiah. All the nations will come, be drawn into his presence. So as the gospel began to spread, as Jesus, after he rose, and as it began to spread all through the book of Acts, things are happening and the church is kind of having to play catch up. Oh, so this is what God's always been about. And this is what his, what his mission is. Okay, we better get on board. How can we get on board? Let's, let's figure out what the scripture says. Oh, this is what it's always been talking about. This is what it's always been talking about. In other words, we need to get away from... The gospel as a, as a simple uh, formula for going to heaven after you die. And our gospel needs to be that we are saved and we have been made members of the family of God because he chose Abraham. Promised to bless the world through him, sent his family into Egypt because of the famine. Then after 400 years, once they had become slaves in that land, he brought them out with mighty acts. With outstretched arm. And he triumphed over the gods of Egypt. And he brought them through the Red Sea. And he saved them from certain death. And unless he had done it, they would have have died. Nobody else could have brought that kind of salvation. And then he brought them out. And he gave them the law. And he was going to send them into the land that he had promised Abraham all that time ago. But they started to not trust him. They didn't really understand what he was up to. They got off course. and And then we begin this... This is where the prophets begin to come in. He has to come and remind them. And all that failure and all of that, you know, we get the book of Judges. Then we get Samuel, Kings, all on down the line. So that when Jesus comes, to, comes on the scene, we see finally, here is an Israelite indeed. Now Israel can be Israel, what it's always meant to be. And in him, all the purposes of God, all the law, all of the promises, all of the blessing, and all of the judgment, and all of the curse. Right? As Jesus comes, we see him embody everything about Israel. And then from him, he spawns this family. And it begins in Jerusalem, right? Because that's where it was always supposed to begin. It begins with the people of God, but then it proliferates and it starts to fill the earth. This is the... You could tell that story without the New Testament by going to the book of Isaiah. This is what God was always about. And so I, I think I want to I call us to see the real richness and the beauty of the gospel of Jesus, the Messiah.
But then the other thing is that one of the most quoted passages from Isaiah in the New Testament is the one where it talks about keep preaching, but they're not going to understand. Keep preaching, but they're not going to understand, right? Right after Isaiah's called and sanctified and given a word to take out, right? Into the land, go and, and preach this word. You're just going to be stubborn the whole time. That's the, that was the word. I'm going to keep telling you the truth in plain and simple terms, and you're going to be stubborn and turn away from it. Another highly quoted passage of Isaiah in the New Testament is where he talks about, I'm laying a foundation in Zion. Jesus is the foundation. But for those who don't believe, it's going to be a stumbling block, a snare, especially to the house of Israel who were closed off, who didn't want to believe Jesus as the Messiah. So the church was going out and proclaiming this message. And guess what? People were closing themselves off and rejecting it. So you can see how they would have taken solace in a book like Isaiah. Oh, Isaiah too was given a word. He was given a mission. And and God himself is behind backing this mission. And so rejection is actually just part of it. So can we see the real richness and the beauty of the gospel, but can we also be filled with the message of Isaiah, which is judgment with hope, judgment because of sin, but hope because of mercy, because of grace, because of God's faithfulness, his righteousness to to uphold his end of the covenant. But can we also be ready to be rejected? knowing that it's, it's our rejection, just like that of the suffering servant. Nobody thought that he was anything. In fact, they despised him. They considered him smitten of God. And God, God must really have it out for that guy. No. <laughs> God really has it out for you. And that's why he's laying your sins on this guy so that you can still have a chance to come back. So Isaiah's message is that the Messiah is coming. And our message is that the Messiah has come. Isaiah's message is that when Messiah comes, it means salvation for Israel, but also salvation for all mankind, salvation for every nation. Our message is because Jesus is the, is the Messiah, it means salvation for God's people, but through God's people to all the ends of the earth. Isaiah's message is that if we continue to harden our heart against the simple truth of who he is and his love and his mercy in our lives, then we will become become unreachable and it won't be any fault of the Lord's. We will have made ourselves Unreachable. We will have stopped up our own ears. We will have blinded our own eyes with our sin and our faithlessness and our lack of trust. So Isaiah's message is our message. And that's really, you know, rather than walk through the New Testament, how it uses Isaiah and everything, I just want to say that for the New Testament, Isaiah really was the gospel. And we are 
we are just part of that, that lineage of the New Testament. We've, I mean, the book of Acts ends with that quote. Did you realize that? The book of Acts ends with Isaiah. It's Paul there. He's reached Rome. He's under house arrest. People are drawing near. He's preaching the kingdom to them. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul made one sen- sentence. We made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed, you will indeed see, but never perceive. I think the early church read that and understood it and was able to continue in their mission, continue proclaiming the gospel boldly, knowing that a lot aren't going to understand. Praise the Lord. We know what happens when Israel was originally in that situation. It didn't stop God at all. He himself, his own arm brought him salvation. And so in the midst of our mission, in the midst of our work of sharing the gospel, proclaiming who Jesus is, there are going to be people who see but never perceive. There's going to be people who hear but never understand. But was God able to redeem even that situation in Israel? Absolutely. And so is God able to redeem our frail attempts <laughs> to share who he is, to proclaim, to show forth his praises into the earth? Is he able to back that and cause it to be effective? Yes, he is. And so I want to call us to be a people with Isaiah, a people on mission. And this is what I believe that the, the, why the New Testament is so full of Isaiah. It's a people on mission a mission that was a mission that was given by Jesus and they needed to understand who Jesus was and they needed to understand what their mission was and that's what drove them to the book that's why they leaned on it so heavy they found answers in Isaiah and we can find answers in Isaiah we know the purpose of God we see his nature we see his character the way that he deals with his I mean, just think about discipleship. You could read through Isaiah and, and figure out ways to deal with hang-ups in discipling people, in training your children, right? It's a, it's really, it's a child training book. It's a book for all of life. Because Jesus is for all of life, and the Messiah came to redeem all of life. Um, so that's sort of my parting word on Isaiah that I want to call us as a New Testament church to lean on Isaiah. And not just, not just the, the ideas in Isaiah, but the revelation of God, the revelation of who he is, the revelation of his purpose, the revelation of his, um, yeah, the, the revelation of his purpose, what he's after. What is he after? Redeeming a people and sending that people into the world to call whoever would to come back to him. That's it. To redeem a people. Draw them to himself. Make them righteous. Create a community out of them. And in, in and from that community. To bring the nations. The lost back. Into relationship with him. To redeem the earth. That's, that's it. Right? No less than that. Is the mission of Isaiah. Is the, is the, is the message of Isaiah. 
God is in the business of redeeming the earth. He does it with the people that respond to his call. And he's always been doing that. And Jesus now enables us to actually fulfill that work and to not get caught in that cycle of sin and always be, uh, always be stubborn and rebellious. Jesus has broken through all of that. He's been the faithful son. And now we just need to follow him and rest in his work. And we will be that people. We will be the holy city. And the new heavens and the new earth will begin to emerge among us as we, as we live our lives in this way. Amen? So how does, that, how does the New Testament use Isaiah? Well, they be the people of God. And they do what God was trying to describe. They do what Isaiah was preaching in his book of prophecy. All right, and, and so I encourage you to go, go and look at some of those uh, ways. We're going to look at a lot of them in Romans. Um, Paul uses Isaiah quite a bit. Surprise. He's talking to a group of Jews and Gentiles that he's trying to describe what God has done by pointing them to what he was always up to and reminding them that, hey, this, doesn't, this didn't start with Jesus. This started with Abraham all the way back then. He chose a people that he wanted to redeem the world. And here's how you guys have now been made into one new humanity. All right, and so we'll, we'll get into all of that. But it's all straight out of Isaiah. Right? Isaiah's grand picture, his grand portrait of God's purposes, that's what Romans is doing. So we've got a month uh, until we start Romans. We're actually uh, kind of off of a uh, prescribed reading plan until after the church vacation. So we've got about a month till the church vacation. And then when we get back from church vacation, we will uh, begin our journey in Romans. So I'm excited. Um, we're an Isaiah people. We're a prophetic people, right? And by that, I mean we live with that same uh, sense of zeal, that same sense of, of uh, calling and mission and purpose, burning heart, burning lips that Isaiah had. And it's for the sake of the earth. It's for the sake of the nations that God wants to redeem and call them back into his family. Amen? All right, anything else, uh, anything else to throw out? Did you think, any, think of anything else while we were sitting there? I think some of the things that were shared were, were right on. Um, you know, things that I pray that we really understand uh, through, through this book. So I, I really just want to underline in everything that was shared before. Um, we're an Isaiah people. We're a prophetic people. Amen? All right, well, let's, uh, let's pray.